church family online, it is so good to have you here and on this uh, Thanksgiving week, and everybody's probably worn out, and, uh, but we're glad you're here. The song we just sang is one of my favorite songs. One name is higher, one name is greater, Christ exalted over all. You know, we sing that and we say that, and, and yet I think it's when we take a moment and even consider all the kinds of names that are available, it makes it stand out even greater. In fact, I wrote down some names here. We have names for continents and countries. We have names for counties and cities. We have names for oceans and for lakes and for rivers and for mountains and for valleys and for deserts. There are names for buildings, names for highways, uh, names for roads and trails and bridges. There are names for stadiums and concert halls. There are names for companies and products and schools and people groups and music groups. And, And then there are stage names and there are nicknames. There are dog names, there are cat names, there are holiday names, there are religion names, there's TV show names. And then, of course, uh, we could just go on, but of course, there's names of people. And even when we think about how interesting is it that uh, in many, many cultures, uh, people have three names, a first name, a middle name, and a last name. There's lots of names. And yet we just sang that there is one name above over all those names. And uh, I think it's worthwhile to pause and consider the fact that names matter. Names matter. Names are important. In fact, uh, a character in Rick Riordan's book, The Lightning Thief, Uh, The character says this, young man, names are powerful things. You don't just go around using them for no reason. I like that. Names are powerful things. In fact, when you think of many of the biblical names from Scripture, uh, how impacting and meaningful they are. Adam, it means of the ground. It means mankind. Uh, That that fits. Eve, it, it means the giver of life. There you go. Eve means to breathe. Uh, Abraham, the father of many. Well, that makes sense. Daniel, God is my judge, is what the name means. David, I like this, means beloved. Elijah means my God is Yahweh. Ruth, love this. Ruth means friend, companion. Boy, that fits when you understand even the book of Ruth. And then there's uh, biblical names that we don't use very often. I have yet to meet a little Goliath. Don't, uh, haven't met that. I haven't met a Jezebel. I haven't met an Abimelech. And I definitely have not met a, hey, come here, Judas. Let's let's, uh, play. I haven't met that yet. Uh, Names matter. By the way, in all this, I looked up meaning of my name, Doug. It, It means dwells, by the dark stream. I'm like, Mom, what was with that, man? (laughs) And then I'm thinking about it, and it's like, dwells by the dark stream. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord of Rings. Actually, maybe that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'll go with that. Dwells by the dark stream. Mom had a bad day that day. 
And names even have family stories to them. Uh, my family has a story to the names. My dad was one of five children, grew up on a farm. It was Jerry is my dad, then Jim, then Jack, then Judy, then Joyce. And my dad, Jerry, married my mom, Janice. Jerry and Janice had Don and Dave and Dweller by the Dark Stream, Doug. Doug married Karen, and Karen said, done. <laughs> and we had Luke and Emily. <laughs> so, so family histories uh, correlate to names. I also I was thinking about it, and it's like George Foreman family. Uh, George Foreman, uh, the boxer, uh, 1974, Rumble in the Jungle with Muhammad Ali. Uh, many of you younger folk don't know who he is other than the Foreman Grill um, with that. But they had 12 kids, he and his wife. Two of them were adopted, five boys. And you may know, he named all five of his boys George. All of them are George. So with him, there's six Georges. Can you imagine that? Is George there? Uh, well, um, <laughs> like, I need more information than that. Uh, they asked George Foreman uh, why he named them that. And he said, well, I wanted to name my boys all George so I can say to them that if one goes up, we all go up together. And if one goes down, we all go down together. I thought, that's cool, man. That's, that's a great lesson for some young men in his household. Uh, God gives names. God gives names. Psalm 147.4, God determines the number of stars. He gives to all of them their names. You know, nowadays we have it when science finds another star or another whatever, uh, they get to apply a name to it. God's already got them all named. Genesis 17, God gives Abram the name Abraham, and he gives his wife uh, Sarai the name Sarah. Uh, Genesis 32, Jacob has this divine wrestling encounter and, and leaves with the new name of Israel. Uh, boy, that's an important name. In Acts, Saul ends up changing his name to Paul. And then with Christmas coming upon, uh, God giving names, Isaiah 7, the Lord speaks to Ahaz and says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Then Isaiah 9, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And we bring those from Isaiah into Matthew chapter 1. And the angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken about the prophet. Behold, from Isaiah, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Doug, why all the talk on names? Well, because while there are many things we would all just soon forget from 2020, there is one thing that I want as a church family for us not to forget about 2020, 
and that is that we took on a new church name this year. And being that we just finished up a series, and next Sunday we'll begin our Christmas series in Luke chapter 1 and 2, um, I wanted to take this day to kind of wrap a bow around the past 11 months as a church family. Um, Names are important. And it began on Sunday, December 22nd, the Sunday before Christmas last year, 2019, And uh, it was at that time that we were all introduced to our new church name, Radiant Bible Church. And I can tell you for sure that as staff and as elders, it was the type of thing to where we were all just kind of waiting in bated breath to see how this church family would receive the name. Names are interesting things. I mean, parents, you remember trying to figure out what name to give your child in that? And it's like, no, I can't name him that because... I knew a guy in junior high that had that name, and no. I knew a girl, and no, we don't want that name. And you go through that, and you pick this name, and we were with bated breath just waiting to see how you would receive it. And we played the name reveal video that we're actually going to watch at the end of our time here today again and uh, to reveal the name. And you were just so gracious and so excited It was just a very special day. It was after that time of the name that we talked about on that Sunday about taking most of this year and actually working through each of the three words of our name. And so we started the year out with a four or five month series called uh, Radiant God Grasping His Greatness. And uh, then we picked up and we went into Radiant God Trusting His Word with Bible. And then we just finished a series in James, Radiant God Being His People, Church. What does it look like to be His people? And uh, so on this Thanksgiving weekend, I want to have us be thankful for what God has brought us and take a few minutes on each of those three series this year just to remind us where we've come from, and, uh, and celebrate uh, what God has done among us this year. If you would, would you grab your Bible and would you please turn to Psalm 76. Psalm 76. And it was in January that we began with the first word of our new church name, Radiant. And we uh, took five months together as a church as well as in small groups Uh, going after grasping the greatness of our God, the intrinsic nature of who our God is. And loved ones, it all begins with who God is and it all ends with who God is. There is nothing more important for us than to have a right view of who God is. And so we spent that time just digging in and, and, and grasping a hold of that. And I want to point your attention to Psalm 76, verse 4. I usually am reading from the, preaching from the English Standard Version, and it begins by saying, Glorious are you. In other words, glorious are you, Lord. I, I like, though, the way, because of our name, the way the New International Version says it. It says, you are radiant with light, more majestic than mountains rich with game. Man, that preaches. God, you are radiant with light, 
radiant. And we wanted to have it with, uh, when we said our name, it had meaning to it. And when that first word comes to our lips, when we tell someone else, when we think of it ourselves, radiant, we don't want it to be like a pat ourselves on the back, like, yeah, we're that church back there that just glows because we're awesome. No, we're not that. We want to be a church that grounds ourselves and girds ourselves and founds ourselves in who our God is. And that is one word that just represents who our God is. You are radiant with light. In a dark world, our God radiates light. That's who our God is. And that word is a shout out and a reminder of the one name, our God. And we went through this series, and maybe you still have the, the magnet of this uh, on your fridge or on your, in your office or somewhere of these various intrinsic attributes that we went through. Our God is eternal. Our God is triune, self-existent, self-sufficient, unchanging. He is creator. He is all-present, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-holy. He is a covenant maker, long-suffering. He is sovereign, faithful, just. He is mercy. He is jealous. He is gracious. He is good. He is loving. That is our radiant God. And might I note this, he is not a certain set or mix of any of those at certain points of time as those ones seem to happen to apply to him. It is, no, 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 it is not that. You see, we oftentimes are that way. We'll put on the table those attributes that we need on the table right now, but not with God. God is these intrinsically all the time. There is, a never, there is never a moment when he is not all of these. Our God is radiant with light. Ezekiel 43, 2 says, And I saw the glory of the God of Israel coming from the east. His voice was like the roar of, of rushing waters. And the land was radiant with his glory. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. And we want for us to be reminded of this and know this. Our God is not some archaic, ancient, flickering, dimly lit God who is trying to figure out his way in a confusing world. No, 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 friends. Our God is radiant and glorious, and magnificent, and marvelous, and majestic in glory. That is our God. And that's why he is the big deal here. Radiant. And then Bible. Pastor Cody and Pastor Nate picked up the preaching baton from there after the grasping his great series and led us through radiant God trusting his word. If you would turn from Psalm 76 to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. 
And the question should be put on the table, well, how do we know who our radiant God is? How do we know what our radiant God says? How do we know what our radiant God does and is going to do? Well, the answer to that is right here. In the Word of God, in the 66 books that we know as the Bible, the Scripture, God's Word, This is how we know who our God is. And we are not the kind of a church that just reads a verse and then closes our Bible and tosses a a verse or two up on the screen to take a peek at and and then I or we or someone begins going off on some elaborate uh, discussion about who I or we might want God to then be or what we might want life to be. To then be. We're not that kind of a church. We, we want to be the kind of a church where we're saying, when we say, hey, we're about God's word, uh, we're like, we're about God's word, right? And so it, it's not about what I have to say, it's about what God has to say. We want to be a people of God's radiant word. And there we read in Psalm 19:8. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord, and I'm going to go to the New International Version again here, it says, are radiant, giving light to the eyes. How cool is this? Scripture uses this term of our God is glory, our God is a radiant and majestic glory God, and his word is radiant, his word is glorious. And the Psalms declare that. This is how we know who our God is. And as Pastor Cody and Pastor Nate and a few others led us through, We are a church that is founded on the inerrant, inspired, authoritative, sufficient, radiant word of God. Friends, this is not a book of suggestions, and this is not a book of questions. This is a book from God with answers for who God is, what life is about, and who we are. And this is where we go. We have a very high view of God's word. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. And I'll add from Psalm 119. Think of Psalm 119 as like the one chapter, the really long chapter in the Bible that is the dissertation on the primacy of God's word. In verses one and two it says this, blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Oh, might that be us? Might that be who we are as a people? Radiant Bible. Friends, It's all about our radiant God as told to us through his radiant word. And may it always be true of us here at this church that when any of us or when any uh, friend or child or teen 
or a grandchild or family member comes here on a, to a worship service, that we are going to go vertical. And we're going to take ourselves to who God is, and we're going to dive into his word. Not about what I have to say, about what God has to say from his word. We want to be that, right, people? We want to be that kind of a church. Grasping his greatness, trusting his word, and then third, being his people. We just completed the third sermon series through uh, the book of James. Please turn to Psalm 34. It's a few pages to the right, Psalm 34. A life in Christ and life for Christ uh, was never designed to be done alone. It was never designed to be done by ourselves. It's always been about a people a people increasingly being God's people for his glory. And in this time of redemptive history, God's people are to gather together in local church assemblies. Knowing Psalm 34, look at verse 5. Those who look to him are radiant. Cool is that? Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be covered with shame. Love that. How fantastic is that? That we get to come and behold, knowing we have a radiant God, as told to us through his radiant word, and as we behold him uh, through his word, we become reflectors of who God is. It's not that we become great. Again, oh, no, 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 no. May we never be arrogant like that. May we never be arrogant like that. The fact of the matter is, is we are broken, desperate people in need. Sinners who are in need of a desperate, redeeming work that only God could do for us. And having received that work, as you saw in some of the baptism videos, I mean, it is out of that that not only can we behold our radiant God through his radiant word, but we can actually be radiant reflectors of who he is. And in a dark, dark world, people need the light. And we get to participate together as a people reflecting who God is, even as broken vessels. And we were in James, the first written New Testament letter, and we learned about how we are to be a knowing people. Trials are tests of faith. And tests of faith uh, are there to produce steadfastness. And when steadfastness is compounded upon itself, maturity comes out of that. And God loves that in us. And we're to be a rightly boasting people, not of ourselves, but of who God is. A rightly remaining people, a steadfast people, an exchanging people, James chapter 1. We're to be taking off uh, what is not godly and putting on and replacing it with what is godly. It's not just about stop doing. It's actually about putting on and start doing and being 
We talked about how viewing our religion rightly, uh, being an impartiality people. Remember that, uh, James chapter 2? Uh, God's people, no partiality. Well, how fitting in our day and times was that? God's people, no partiality. James is the guy who's all about works, faith with works. We're to be a rightly talking people. Man, James is filled with conversation about the care of the tongue. We're to be a, a wisdom people, seeking wisdom from the Lord, who gives generously to all who would ask. A right, passioned people. We're to be a passionate people, but about a passion uh, that's running after who our God is and his word, a rightly judging people, a rightly planning people, and treasuring people, and waiting people, a rightly oathing people, and last Sunday, all done as a togethering people. Again, we were never designed to do the Christian life alone. The person who says, yeah, me and Jesus, we just have our own little thing, and I do, we do our own little ditty thing together all on our own. No, 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 that's not what God has in view and in mind. We're to be that together with other people who are in the same journey with us. Different voyages in that journey, but a togethering people. I need you. We need each other. We're to be a togethering people. Jeremiah 31, 12, they shall come and sing aloud to the height of Zion and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord. Ephesians 5, presenting her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. Radiant. Bible. Church. There may be a number of things that uh, you and I would soon prefer to forget over 2020. But I genuinely and sincerely, I pray we don't forget that as a church, this was a unique year. How many churches take on a new name? Like, what's with that? And we got two together. And I pray it has meaning to us. It carries on and has legs, then it's more than just a name. It's a name that has meaning and depth and purpose to it. A name that preaches. Well, I'd like to finish our time together with three things here. First, um, I think here it's fitting to finish with the video that we watched when... Uh, the name was revealed. We're going to watch that. And by the way, uh, every time I watch that, I'm serious, I, I watch it frequently. And one of the things in it is, is just remembering back when everybody could sit next to each other. You, you'll see that. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And then second, uh, Pastor Nick and Pastor Cody and my wife Karen are going to come up and they're going to lead us kind of through a prayer of dedication, if you will, as a church through each of the words of our name to wrap this in a bow for us to remember and to keep uh, before us. And then third, the worship team is going to lead us in singing, Great Are You, Lord. And I would just really ask that when we come to sing that today, that we would just sing that with heart and with voice and with thought of how great our Lord is. 
in the video as it closed towards the end of it, it says this, Radiant Bible Church, we are simply the tour guide. You're not supposed to remember our name. We're here to point you to the incredible. Indescribable. Everlasting. Radiant glory. Lying awake at night, your mind spins from one of life's pressures to the next. Perhaps life isn't what you dreamed it would be. It's definitely harder than you'd hoped. In the darkness, the phone's glow offers the tantalizing hope of an answer, or at least a temporary distraction. And so you flip through a world of shiny objects expecting each faint reflection to offer a glimmer of hope or lead to answers, joy, fulfillment, or even peace. But each pale glow is just another momentary distraction, leaving you staring at a meaningless screen in the middle of the night. But beyond the glowing screens, the blips, buzzes, songs, and sirens of the world around us, there is a true light. Not blinding, but illuminating. Not scorching, but warm like the morning dawn. Awakening hearts and opening eyes. Darkness is overcome by this light. This light is full of grace and truth. It shines for all eternity. It's a light that fills us to the brim, flooding out in each direction bringing the hope of life to everyone around us. This light isn't us. We just hope you see it. Because it turns out that in seeing that light, we discover that this life isn't about us after all. When you embrace his glorious light, it dispels darkness so you can enjoy true hope, true joy, and true peace. are simply the tour guide. You're not supposed to remember our name. We're here to point you to the incredible, indescribable, everlasting, radiant glory of God. And so God, it is you at the center of everything. Your glory on display is what we desire in this place. In this place and as your people, we want to show off your magnificence, your greatness, your sovereignty, your holiness your mercy and your grace. And so we magnify your greatness in everything that we participate in and in everything that we do. And may your glory radiate out from the center of all that you are and May it shine 
in our dark hearts, in this dark world, and make much of your Son, Jesus Christ, that one name that we cling to, that one name that we extol. And God, we long for the day when your light, your glory shines in such a way that we don't even need the sun or the stars or the moon anymore because just you is all the radiant light that we need. Shine for your glory, God. We be careful to give it to you because of Jesus. Father, we dedicate ourselves as a church to thankfully and faithfully be a people who are pouring ourselves into your word. Oh God, thank you for revealing yourself to us. You have exalted above all things your name and your word, and we want to be a people who are about diligently seeking you in your word and trusting you as we find you there. Oh God, we thank you for the power of your word that you spoke and it came to be, that you uphold the universe by the word of your power, and that every time you send forth your word, it never returns void, but it accomplishes all its purposes. Father, we recognize that we are but grass and we fade away, but your word remains forever. And we thank you for something that is certain and true and fixed and stable in the midst of lives and a world with such instability. Father, thank you that you are not God in heaven who is hiding from us and playing hide and seek, but no, you have revealed yourself to us because you love us and you want us to know you and to draw near to you. And so, Father, as we hear your voice in your word, we know that it is coming from a loving Father who has demonstrated his great love for us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so we rejoice in your word as a church, and we pray, O oh God, that you would make us a people who are hungry for your word, who are shaped by your word, all to the glory of your name. God, when I think about being your people. I go all the way back to the beginning of our study in James, and chapter 1 says that um, we're going through a test of our faith. All these trials, everything we go through is a test of our faith. Will we come down on the side of trusting you and submitting to you, or will we go our own way, and do our own thing? And man, Lord, when I think of that, I know I need help. We need help for that, Lord. There's no way on our own that we could pass that test of faith by becoming your people. And thank you, God. You've given us an open book test. We have your word open in front of us that we can learn from, that can comfort us, that can guide us, that encourages us, that rebukes us and corrects us. So God, we have an open book before us and we have your spirit within us 
to strengthen us, to speak to us, to guide us, to encourage us. God, you've given us everything that we need to increasingly become your people. So God, I pray, would we dedicate ourselves that we would increasingly radiate your glory and increasingly radiate your word as we seek to listen more than we speak. As we seek to show your love and grace to everyone and to not show partiality. As we put your word into practice and don't just listen to it, but do what it says as we trust you with our today and our tomorrow, as we treasure you above all, as we wait for you to work in our lives and as we wait for your soon return. God, to say thank you is just not adequate. There really aren't words we have to express our love and our joy and our um, appreciation and our delight in who you are. And so we're just going to stand right now and we're going to pour out our praise to you in song. Amen. <laughs>